Welcome to Musicians vs. the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been discussed in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith. Today, we're going to be exploring how our body reacts to being emotionally moved by music. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to conduct an Easter cantata with a choir and orchestra. We had been rehearsing and practicing for months, and the church and overflow were absolutely packed on performance day. The energy exchanged between the audience and musicians and the musicians and music was just beautiful and overwhelming. In the middle of this cantata, there's a very touching cello solo, and this year it was played by a talented young cellist. And even though he was a little nervous, as I made eye contact with him before his cue, I could see that he was ready, and he was focused, and he was all in in the moment. And I cued him, he began playing, all was well, and I went straight into accompaniment mode to make sure that the rest of the orchestra were following him properly. But as I looked at the choir to prepare them for their upcoming entrance, I noticed that they were not looking at me. All eyes were on this cellist, and faces were flushed, and I could see tears welling in the choir's eyes. And not only the choir, I could hear soft sniffles from the audience behind me. And I thought, what is going on? And when I looked over at the cellist, I saw that tears were streaming, just completely unhindered down his face. He was so moved by the music and what it meant to him, and he was so focused and in flow at that moment He was bearing his entire soul into that solo. And honestly, it was the best he had ever played it. My first thought was, wow, this is so touching. But that thought was quickly turned into, oh no, his solo is almost over, and my choir needs to pull it together so that we can finish the last 45 minutes of this piece. And thankfully, they did pull it together, and the rest of the concert went smoothly, and everyone had great memories of this performance. Now, there were plenty of times that I got chills in that concert, but unlike many of the performers and members of the audience, I did not get to share in that tearful reaction to this cello's performance. And it got me thinking, am I just some sort of cold-hearted conductor, unable to summon the tears of the more tender-hearted? And in fact, in my 40 years on this earth, though I am moved and stimulated by music constantly, and though I love music more than I can describe, I can count on one hand how many times I've melted into sobs due to music. So what does that mean about me? Well, thankfully, according to research, it shows more about the role music plays in my life rather than my level of heartlessness. Apparently, through my life experiences, my brain has assigned a role to music and reacts to it accordingly. Now, we've talked about the brain's reaction to patterns and variations and musical surprises in the episode, Surprise, Bet You Didn't Expect That!, But today, we're talking about the emotional and physical response to music. In particular, two peak emotional responses. These two peak emotional responses are chills and tears. Now, you know what these are. Chills are that feeling of getting goosebumps or shivers down your spine and something really, really cool happens. And tears are obviously crying or feeling a lump in your throat or getting emotional because of some sort of amazing thing that happens in music, or something especially touching. Now, some people get both of these reactions at the same time. Others only get one or the other. And because of that, researchers for a long time thought that tears and chills were pretty much the same thing. However, a 2017 study published in the Nature Briefing entitled 
two types of peak emotional responses to music, The Psychophysiology of Chills and Tears by Kazuma Mori and Makoto Iwanagai, explores these two different reactions in the brain when listening to music and finds that they're actually very different and play different roles for different people. In this study, researchers found 66 participants who reported feeling either of these responses to the same type of music on a regular basis. They separated the participants into a chills group and a tears group. Each participant listened to six songs, three of their favorite songs, and three chosen by the researchers. While listening to these songs, each participant in the chills group was given a button to press when they felt the chills or, you know, shivers down the spine. And each participant in the tears group was given a button to press when they felt tears or a lump in their throat. And they were also asked to indicate the intensity of their chills or tears, as well as their emotions and feelings of enjoyment while they listened. Their physiological responses to the music were also measured by measuring heart rate, respiratory rate, how deeply the participants were breathing, and something called skin conductance level. And that is electrical conductivity of the skin. This is amazing. It reflects the level of psychological or physiological arousal due to strong emotions or thoughts. They can measure that through your skin. It's amazing. So what did they discover? The researchers found that overall physiological responses to music were similar for chills and tears. Both caused the body to become alert and awake. And research in the past has shown this. It's shown that chills activate the sympathetic nervous system. And that's the part of your nervous system that activates in the flight or fight mode. You know, your pupils dilate, your heart rate increases, you get goosebumps, you get increased alertness and all of that good stuff. And in addition to that, and that sort of adrenaline rush, when music causes chills, the brain also releases pleasure-increasing hormones like dopamine, which rewards the brain and makes you feel really good. But here's the strange thing. The tears group showed similar body responses to the chills group. However, they also showed a calming feeling at the same time as arousal, which is something that the parasympathetic nervous system is known to do. So tears added an extra layer of calm along with the feelings of alertness and awakeness. The researchers believe that tears have that added benefit of the calming feeling, giving the listener a feeling of catharsis with a release of tension and caused a clear, pleasurable feeling. So chills and tears had different roles and played different roles in the human brain and experience when listening to music. So chills give rewards and tears are calming and cathartic. And to make it even more confusing, there's a possibility of mixed emotions like simultaneous pleasure, happiness, and sadness. And so that seems really confusing as we try to figure all of that out in our brain, but it does seem to work well and make sense when we think about quotes that are attributed to Hans Christian Andersen that say, where words fail, music speaks. Or Victor Hugo's quote that says, music expresses that which cannot be said on which it is impossible to be silent. Because there are so many simultaneous things going at once when we listen to music and when we are reacting to music, it makes sense that music is used to convey very, very complex emotions and thoughts. And that may be a reason that when some people are sad or processing something very difficult, listening to sad music makes them feel better. It gives them a safe space to have a cathartic, strong peak emotion and helps them to process difficult things. 
And unlike real-life situations where we are biologically and socially programmed to stay away from things that cause pain, music is a safe place to process those emotions. And this balance of reward and catharsis can also begin to explain why, even though we as humans don't need music and art the way we need food or other physical necessities, we tend to gravitate towards it and seek it out in difficult situations. And this goes across cultures and across generations and time. So to answer my own question, what does my lack of musical tears mean about me? It seems as though it means that music has consistently brought me excitement, adrenaline, and emotional pleasure. And I am grateful for it. I love that it has always brought me those emotional stimuli and rewards. But I just may not use it in a cathartic way. And that's okay. I am very pleased and fulfilled when I see that the music that I am creating is causing a cathartic sort of response or an emotional response in others. That brings me just as much or maybe even more joy than if I were using it in that way myself. That's just how my brain works. In that Easter concert, I had to be in a much more alert and concentrated state to keep track of the different musicians working with me. So my mind was not able to use music in a cathartic way anyway. I had much more of a chills reward with that concert, and I had a very happy experience. And perhaps that young cellist was feeling a lot of strong emotions and stress as he was playing for hundreds and hundreds of expectant audience members. It heightened his emotional experience, and the tears helped him to reduce his heart rate, release the tension he was feeling, and balance out the fight-or-flight feelings that he was feeling at the time so that he could have a memorable and enjoyable performance. Or maybe he was connecting to the music on a different emotional level, and the tears helped him to regulate the strong emotions he was evoking and feeling. Either way, it was beautiful, and I am so grateful that he had a happy but different experience than I did. And maybe you were not wondering, but if you were, the two times I remember breaking down in tears at a concert were during Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet Ballet and Mahler's Second Symphony, which you can hear right now, courtesy of the DuPage Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert and shared with a Creative Commons license through IMSLP. I'll be going to see another Mahler concert in a few weeks. Perhaps lightning will strike again and this stone-cold heart will be melted to tears. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. (laughs) I will keep you posted. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss out on any future conversations. And if you want to help us reach more people that may be interested in today's topic, please share this episode with them. Or you can leave us a nice review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you're more of a visual person and are interested in seeing my face and the faces of my guests, you can now find us on YouTube on our Musicians vs. the World channel. If you have opinions on this topic or any other topic or any helpful advice for other musicians you'd like to share, or if there's a topic you would like me to research and to find out about, be sure to reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can send us an email at info at Thanks so much. <laughs>